Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and welcome back to another episode of the Doodlecast. I am very excited because I have a very special episode planned out for you guys and I am also back from hiatus and finally got my schedule down so regular episodes will be up soon. Just a trigger warning for anybody who is sensitive to topics about suicide and or mental health issues that is mentioned towards the end of this podcast around 39 minutes and then that ends around 46 minutes. So please be wary about that if that is something that bothers you or makes you feel uncomfortable. But other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and I am here with Holly from Ignite the Fire. And today I'm going to talk a little more about the music side of things in art and I'm going to talk more about being a musician rather than a traditional artist. So if you want to give yourself a little introduction and tell everybody what you do and why you do it and how you do it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Hi, my name is Holly. I play bass for Ignite the Fire, and I actually am also the personal trainer slash fitness manager for not only myself and the rest of the guys in Ignite the Fire. And uh, I guess the reason why I do it is uh, because music is the one thing that's always made sense to me. You know, for some people, it's, it's art like yourself, whether that be hair or your drawings or, you know, it's people going into the service industry or social work or what have you, whatever brings them the most joy and absolute pleasure in this life, music is that for me. I love that. So has that always been something that you've known you were going to go into or did it hit you at one point and you were like, yeah, maybe I should start playing. Maybe I should start getting into this industry. Um, I mean, so I've always kind of been musical ever since I was fairly young. I want to say since I was like four years old, I remember banging on like taking out pots and pans from my grandmother's kitchen and like making a little drum set and just like banging along to them and my parents like she actually has rhythm so maybe we should like start introducing her to things and my dad did trumpet and flute for a few years in college and so I found that and started playing with it and then over time I was like I want to learn how to play the ukulele so I picked up the ukulele I was like I really like the piano it's interesting it's fun it's you know, it's an instrument that's very underrated. And so I'm like, I want to learn piano. And then I went to high school and I was like, oh, I joined choir. I did choir all four years. I did marching band. I did orchestra. I learned to play the upright bass and the timpani drums. And so from there, it kind of just evolved into whatever I could get my hands on, I wanted to learn. As much as industry side of things, not really. I just really enjoyed music. And to me, it brought you know, it brought me a lot of joy. And I was like, you know, I'd never foresaw it being a career path, but I ended up going to high school with Mike, our uh, guitar player and and Jack. And so when Mike put out that his band was looking for a bass player, I was like, I haven't been in one for a few years. I guess I'll try out. And, you know, Mike's like, great. Can you learn these two songs in two days? And so I'm like, uh, sure. Possibly. I was like, yeah, I was like, just give me the tunings and I'll try to figure it out by ear. And so that's what I did. I went to practice. The guys asked me a few questions, like who I listen to, like music wise, what I do for a job. And, you know, I was like, oh, I teach music. I also teach like, uh, you know, personal training then too and stuff. And so I'm just like, yeah, if I would love to be in a band again. You guys seem really nice. And four and a half years going on five years come December, I've I've been with the boys ever since. Aw, I love that. So <laughs> have you 
Do you still retain all of the other instruments that you learned or do you just focus on the one now? Just because I always thought it was interesting how in some cases I've heard that when you learn one instrument, you are able to translate it over like you're translating a, one language from another. So it's a similar skill set, but different execution, if that if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense, and that's actually what happened. The only thing I've ever actually classically, like, trained for and, like, paid lessons for is guitar. Literally everything else, you know, growing up in the era where the internet was becoming more and more a thing, people were putting out guitar tabs, and at that time I was like, what's a tab? I'll just listen to the song for hours on end, going note by note, being like, oh, that's... That's the song. Like, the first song I ever learned how to play by ear was Plug In Baby by Muse because it has that lead line in the intro that's very distinct because there's nothing else going on. And so I remember I spent two days just learning how to play the intro, the verse, and the pre-chorus to that song by ear. And so from there, it was kind of just like, oh, I guess if one thing is transportable, then the other is as well and so when I started playing bass I was like oh it's just like a guitar with four strings that is such a common misconception that I'm like it is not a guitar with less strings if anything you know a guitar has anywhere from six to twelve strings with a bass it has anywhere from you know four to eight for me I'm more traditional I play you know a four string bass mm -hmm. to me it has a lot more room than a guitar because you have the low ends of you know the lower ends of the piano but then you also have the higher ends of the piano depending on how many frets you have on your bass and so i'm just always in my mind thinking what can i do to elevate jack our lead singer's voice because mm -hmm. you know he carries it he has one of the best vocal ranges of anyone i've ever heard and he's just so distinct and clear and concise when he sings that I'm like, okay, I want to elevate him. I want to make sure the emotion that he's putting his voice into really cuts through the song and the people, you know, really hear the words and somehow gravitate towards them and find some comfort in it, you know, the way we have with our music. Because it's not just creating fun songs. It's songs that talk about mental health. It's songs that talk about family struggles. It's songs that talk about life struggles. It's, we write our lyrics in a way, Kaylin, our drummer, actually writes our lyrics. He writes them in a way that make it accessible to multiple people because we have so many different people from walks of life coming to our shows. You know, we literally have fans that are 13 years old to people in their 70s being like, you guys are great. Like, you remind me of, you know, X, Y, and Z, like older bands and stuff. And so I think in a way we try to just make it accessible to people. We just want to, you know, make songs for people to help them get through whatever they're going through. Mm -hmm. When you said that you want to help elevate the lead singer and what he's doing, I really, I never really thought of it that way when it came <laughs> to the supporting instrument, instrumental things like that in the band itself. Do you feel like it's a something that a lot of people overlook when they look at a band because obviously the the singer is usually the one that kind of like stands out because that is the main thing people hear personally i hear songs in layers and i like to say textures it sounds mm -hmm. a little weird but um i am able to 
separate each individual instrument, each individual voice in my head to hear them separately. And I can listen to a song a thousand times over and hear a different version of that song. For most people, they really just hear the whole concise verse. Do you think that the instruments can be overlooked or do you feel like with your band that it's very equal in the sense that your listeners are hearing everybody or how do you feel it reaches the audience i guess what i'm trying to say um i feel like kind of like what i was saying with elevating jack's vocals jack's very emotional you know we write very emotional songs that we want to captivate people and so when i say you know layering and elevating him when we normally write a song, someone has a guitar riff or Jack has a piano riff or Kaylin has like a drum thing. And if we feel like that's an Ignite the Fire song, then we just we have the skeleton, we have the guitar and then Kaylin will make, you know, a drum beat that sounds like it would go along great with whatever we have going. And then we just, you know, add more instruments there like Mike will bring in like a lead line. Jack will bring in what he thinks will go along great melody-wise and harmony-wise with his vocals, and then me with bass, I'm like, okay, what's everyone doing so it sounds like we're a cohesive unit? Because the first CD I ever recorded mm -hmm. with them was between Shadow and Solace, and so I'd only been in the band for a few months at that point, so I'm still like trying to figure out what does Mark do on guitar rhythm-wise? What does Mike do on the guitar lead-wise? How is Jack going to sing this? What's Kaylin? gonna play on drums you know i'm trying like everybody's individual styles basically yeah exactly and we all have very very different um influences like Kalen really loves you know like shine down he really loves the vocal and melody styles and writing styles of brent smith he really you know loves blackstone cherry and their drumming the drummer for red he loves uh mark really loves mark tremani from alter bridge that's our, uh mike really loves tony iomi from black sabbath Jack really loves uh, the lead singer for um, him, and Corey Taylor from Slipknot is a huge influence for him. And for me, it's bands like Paramore and like Dance Gavin Dance and Muse and All Time Low, a lot of like mm -hmm. the pop punk mm -hmm. emo sort of thing. And so it it's shouldn't okay. I'm work. I'm going back to my, to my emo days when you said that. Um, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not a phase. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's it shouldn't work. All five of us together, music wise shouldn't work but it does and i think that's why we have such a diverse band fan base it's because everyone has a different influence and it works because we're like oh like this would sound so good with this and so we just build up from that and so i think we create little pockets for each of us to shine and to bring mm -hmm. forward each other in a way that's going to be like that drum part was great yeah but did you hear you know that guitar line here it's like yeah but the vocal harmonies here in the bridge and it's like oh but what about that bass run you know at the end of the song it's very much we work together as a unit but we still give each other that little nugget of of time to be like oh these like people know what they're doing like they've clearly been working and honing their craft for years and years in order to sound this good you know to show that we've put in the work and we've put in the time not to show off but to be like we've spent years to be able to get to the point where one we all record really well together 
but also create music that will make people be like, I wonder how old these people are. And then when they find out we're ages 24 to 27, they're like, why do they sound so good? You know, yeah. why do they sound like they've been playing for years? And for some of us, you know, we have been playing for years. I've been playing with musical instruments since I was four. And, you know, Jack found out he had perfect pitch when he was incredibly young. Like he was driving with his mother. He was, he was riding in the car with his mom and his mom was singing along to the radio. And he told his mom to sing on pitch. Like he corrected his mom. He's like, if you're going to sing, please sing, sing on the right. note. <laughs> exactly. Like little like Jack and like, the back of his mom's like car and stuff and Kalen's been playing drums because he got into rock band when rock band like first came out oh, he's yeah. like I bet I could learn like actual drums because this is fun and then you know Mark just picked up guitar and Mike does I've tried to teach that boy music theory and he gets a good bit of it but you just let him riff and go off something like from his ear some of the most beautiful things like I've I've ever heard truly I really like the creative process that you're describing behind making songs because a lot of the time, or at least the way that it's depicted in the media is that you have the band and then there is one person who writes the songs, who does everything, who, you know, is the boss, is in charge. And that's usually where like bands split up or bands are like, you know, well, I do all the work, so I'm going to go do this and very dramatic shit like that. Right. But I really love the way that you guys all work together to create something that's cohesive but also something that highlights each of your talents because i haven't really heard a lot about the music making process and how to make songs but i have never heard it described like that before and i think that that sounds like the mark of a very successful group just because <laughs> if you're able to work together and workshop and critique each other without being like, you know, oh, well, you don't do shit, and blah, 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 and getting angry about it, then that's something that takes a lot of time and communication just because, you know, each of you have your own art, each of you have your own style with a different component in the group, and it can be hard to receive criticism. That's kind of been an overlying theme with, throughout this whole, like, series is that criticism is a very hard thing to deal with, even if it's constructive or not. So the fact that you guys are able to openly communicate about, you know, this sounds good and this, you know, would highlight this without it getting to a point where it's like overbearing one person or another, that's extremely mature. Like that, that's really impressive. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, the band's actually been around for, I believe it's been 10 years because Mark and Kaylin went to high school together and Mark heard that Kaylin had like, like just started to learn to play drums he's like hey i heard you're a drummer we should start a band and like kaylin was like half serious he's like yeah you should like come over and we'll start the band literally mark the next day invited himself over to kaylin's house and he's like so i looked up some band names here's three that aren't like trademarked yet what do you think and they brought they like put up a flyer up in uh, coffee music in westminster they brought in jack uh and then jack brought in Mike and then Mike brought in me. So I, again, I've been in for the, the shortest amount of time, but it feels like the longest amount of time in the best way possible because it feels like no time has passed between the time Mike and I saw each other in high school for all four years because we were in homeroom together. 
for you know the time that Jack and I had because he was two grades above Mike and I uh, when we had chorus together it's like none of that time passed because we talked here and there on Facebook but like as soon as I got back into the fold it's like it's like we're back in high school but at the same time we're getting mm-hmm. stuff done you know we're taking it it's incredibly just seriously yeah it, it really it was a puzzle it was it was five pieces so it was a very easy puzzle but the guys will joke it took a long time to get the pieces to fit yeah and earlier before we were talking about you know what this interview is going to be like you mentioned about being a woman in the industry and being a queer woman nonetheless so being in a band with all men and everything how does that affect how you perform does that affect how you are seen as a musician is there any sort of like social constructs or like what would be the word like discrimination against you for being a woman in like more hardcore music over sexualization or anything like that i mean the guys are i always say they're very like good boys you know they're very like (laughs) good boys yes i love that good boys good boys uh (laughs) No, they're they're incredibly sweet and kind, but they don't treat me any different if they were a complete, you know, five piece like male fronted group. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, Holly's like here, cool. Let's like start practice. You know, nothing changes between the five of us. Nothing about me is treated differently because I'm a woman. I thankfully haven't had many run-ins in the industry, like. Every single band we've ever played with, whether they've been female-fronted, whether they have an accompanying like in- like musician who's female, or they're all male, like I can say like I've never had a bad experiences with literally any of the bands we've um, we've ever played with. There's been a couple of interactions depending on my haircut because you actually cut my hair last time and you cut it short. Um, there's been a couple of times because I'm very muscle- muscular, like I'm like lean and I'm like fit, so I sometimes get mistaken for a man. I'm like, it happens, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I make sure to correct them. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm actually a woman. My name's Holly. Like, they're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't don't have to apologize. Like, just call me Holly. You know, I yeah. you know rub, rub it on. You know, let the water you know run down my back and stuff, and just let it slide. And that used to affect me. I'm like, well, do I like need to wear like different clothing? Do I need to grow my hair out? And even when my hair was long, like I still got mistaken uh, for a man sometimes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I do identify, you know, as a cis woman. I, you know, identify with the uh, my given birth, and I am a lesbian, so I'm a cis lesbian woman. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with you know being trans, and I, you know don't want to be misgendered in any way because I feel like it does a disservice to those who are trans or who are feeling like they're not comfortable in their body because I used to not feel comfortable in my body I'm like well do I need to you know dress more feminine do I need to like wear makeup do I need to do my nails but there came a point in time where I'm like you know what I'm I'm pretty badass like I just need to accept that sometimes people are gonna think you know is that is that a dude or a woman it's just like i i am a woman i'm very happy and proud to say that i'm also a woman in an industry that's you know mainly male predominated and Mm -hmm. there's no you know shame in in saying that and i'm hoping that that as time goes on and we see more young women 
get involved in the industry, we see a shift and a tonal change in which women are perceived because it's very like, you know, sexualized both for men and women. But I feel like in the music really? industry where, you know, the, the saying of sex sells, it truly does sell. Oh, but yeah. I don't want to, you know, invalidate my own experiences by dressing in a way that isn't true to me. So like, mm -hmm. I'm going to wear tank tops and, and shorts. I'm going to, you know, dress a little bit more masculine, but that's my style. And that's what makes me feel comfortable. Like I love wearing dresses too. Like I love wearing a skirt, but at the same time, I look great in a suit because yeah. it's more of a, of a social construct within that confinement. Like literally our lead singer, Jack, I'm like, I've seen you in a dress. You look better in a dress than I do. But at the same time, I look better in a suit than you do. And we just like <laughs> laugh. We just laugh about it. Cause it's like, She's got a point. She's Holly's got a point. So I've never faced discrimination or, you know, disin like disadvantages in any way when it comes to with performing, but with like fan interaction sometimes I'm like it it happens. I feel like mm -hmm. performance wise, uh, Mark and Mike do backing vocals and Jack does lead vocals. So I'm just up on stage and if you've ever been to one of our shows, people are like, I did not get that vibe from you because I headbang, I jump off of things, like I bend over backwards to the point where if I lean my head back, I can make eye contact with our drummer. Like I can lean so far, far back. And so music also- I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, music's just always been so cathartic for me. It's a way for me to get out whatever emotion I'm feeling, whether that's negative or positive. Mm -hmm. or whatever I've been going through that week or that month. And so when I'm on stage, it's letting out everything I need to. And for me, that's doing spins and doing really high kicks over my head and, you know, hanging out with Jack and Mark and Mike and Kaylin and just running around the stage and interacting with fans because they're there for a good show. And I, I really want to put on a, a good show. All of us in the band do. We really pride ourselves on being able to create an experience, whether that's a half hour, an hour set, creating an escape for our fans so they can just get away whatever they've been going through and just enjoy being in the moment with like, like-minded individuals and just having a good time. I really liked what you were saying about how rock bands, a lot of famous rock bands really do, you know, go with sex cells and there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, I like that you're able to represent women who maybe are a little more masculine in some cases or in the way they look or the way they present might be masculine but still identify as a woman and can be on that different spectrum of gender um presenting wise without necessarily being you know gender queer or anything and just opening up the spectrum of like hey like you're saying jack can wear a dress like and he's a cis male like and that's okay that is normal and I really love that. I feel like a lot of musicians and bands are starting to open up to that, especially since Harry Styles has started with his whole um, Oh, yeah. God bless. God yes. bless. Him oh, and Lil Nas X just changing, yes. changing the game one style at a time, you know? And um, I really love how that's all being incorporated into modern day music. So to even, like, even see, because I'm assuming you did that long before these two really started stepping out and doing their own androgynous fashion 
I really admire being able to say that you want to stay true to yourself and that you don't let it get to you if people are like, oh, you're a dude, uh, I mean, oh no, you're a woman, oh, like, sorry, my bad, you know, the fact that you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's okay, but I make sure to stand true to my identity. I really admire that. I think that that is badass as hell. <laughs> oh, no, thank you so much. Yeah, no, and it's not, you know, like, it's it's bad that sex sells. It's it's very much embracing your body and embracing whether that's femininity or masculinity. It's embracing your truest self. And I feel like that's where the true beauty lies. Like mm -hmm. to me, my motto for life is do whatever you want as long as it's not harming yourself, others, or what have you. As long as it's being yeah. safe and it's, you know, expressing yourself in a way that opens the door for others, go for it. Trailblaze and set the you know set a higher goal for people set a standard for people in which they're like if x y and z are doing it then why can't i because once we mm -hmm. start opening doors and having these conversations like we're having right now being like it's awesome that you do this but it's also awesome that your other bandmate does this it's like well if this person can do it then why, why can't, can't I? I exactly yeah. and so i think you know when people start embracing their truest the moment you stop caring what others think and you start caring about what you think of yourself completely different world you are in a completely yeah. different mindset and you truly open the door for yourself to whatever you want to be whatever that is you know absolutely your interactions with other bands you haven't had any sort of like negative interaction and especially with like with more local bands have you noticed that this sort of um wider range of like acceptance of just people in general with different gender identities and different sexualities are starting to be incorporated in all bands and not necessarily just as a way to sell things because i know some bands and some people like to be like yeah we're pro lgbt we're pro this we're pro black lives matter but really it's more of a sell tactic i mean we are in pride month and you know, we're people ourselves, you know, we've noticed that like, pe like people and brands who like normally don't mention anything about LGBT LG LGBTQ, they're like, oh, look at this rainbow. We're so supportive. Right. Um, it's it's like those TikTok where it's like Burger King during Pride Month. It's like, yes, queen, we celebrate yes. you during this Pride yes. Month. Bring out queen. the yes. cash girl, hunty. <laughs> it's like, you're not yes, even trying to hide. Yes, exactly. Slay Queen. She's the the house has been foreclosed. She is losing the dolls. She is losing the clothes. She is losing the house. The dolls have been yes. foreclosed, Hunty. Oh like. my god. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just see brands like that and I'll just be like, no. Oh no. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's like cool, do that like in the middle of December during like Christmas. It's like cool, do that in the middle of February when it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, don't just have it be like love for one particular person just just love everyone you know just mm -hmm. just love everyone sort of thing so have you noticed that more bands are starting to have that general genuine acceptance of you know as long as you're a fan of mine as long as you are doing something that makes you happy and it's safe and consented by whatever person you are doing it with then by all means do your thing like Absolutely. I feel like as we, you know, grow towards more acceptance and as we grow towards more understanding, because, you know, as you were saying, with all these different social causes going on, 
we're not burying it under the rug like we used to like you know previous generations have accepted and be like you know what i'm you know this is new and it's scary but i'm gonna learn our generation's kind of like this is new this is scary i'm gonna go out myself and do the research for it which i feel like is is what's led to a lot of these bands being like we invite all different people to our venues you know to our shows and that's kind of even before like i joined the band i could tell the the guys in ignite the fire were very very accepting of you know whoever Mm -hmm. you are where where you've been you know that's your past what you do with your future you know we hope to be there to help you create that future you want to create for yourself i've definitely seen a tonal shift with the local bands not necessarily outright saying it on social media but when we go have shows with them being like hey you know great to see you love that you're here with literally every single person that walks through the door because yeah. i know you know our own band we try to make sure to talk to every single person that comes up to our merch table you know if they want a picture if they want to buy something if they want to sign the thing that they bought we make sure to take the time to thank them be like you could have done anything else this night but you came to rock out with us so let's you know create a dialogue and be like well what did you like about the show what didn't you like about the show you know how can we make you feel more included how can we make you feel like you know i'm part of we call ourselves the fire nation it's like how can we make you feel like you're a bigger part of the fire nation than just coming to a show getting a picture like please interact with us on our social medias like hit us up on ignite the fire music on instagram talk to us on facebook like absolutely they have some really cool stuff um (laughs) yes feel free to use this as a time to advertise as well for that (laughs) yeah no we we have a really incredible merch store we just put out a record called the fallout this past march that we are incredibly incredibly proud of i don't know when this episode's coming out but we are currently running a pre-order for i'll be fine shirt which has a really sick uh blue rose and a blue flame that our lead singer jack recky who also does literally all of our artwork for all of our shirts and all of our oh, albums that's awesome no he he is an incredible incredible graphic designer we all have our own instagram handles if you go to our instagram it's just literally our first name underscore itf so if you hear this podcast and you like what you hear, we're on Spotify, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Apple Music, we're on iTunes. And if you want to just talk to us, please feel free to hit us up. If you want to come to a show, we have a website, IgniteTheFireMusic.com. We'll have all of our tour dates, all of our shows coming up soon. We're actually playing Blue Ridge Rock Festival, which is going to be from September 9th to September 12th. And we are actually playing Sunday, September 12th. They have single day, single day ticket sales happening. So if you just want to come hang out with us on Sunday, if you like what you hear on Spotify, wherever you stream your music, please come say hi to us. Come hang out with us. We love meeting new people. We love making new fans. And from experience, just with, because uh, I have met most of the people in the band, all of you guys are super sweet and just fun, outgoing <laughs> people. Um, I met these guys actually through the old salon that I worked at, and they have followed me over to my new salon. And these are the funniest, coolest, <laughs> like most awesome people that you could ever meet. And I always enjoy when they come in. And eventually, once I am settled and finally not running my ass off i'm gonna go to the show and probably be one of the loudest people in the audience these guys are 
super phenomenal and i plan on doing other interviews with everybody else in the band but especially holly uh she was the first one who i met and i remember when she came into the salon and i was like oh my god she's so pretty and punk rock and cool like i i was so nervous to talk to you originally and like i went over to ellie and i was like how do i what do i communicate she's really cool and then jenny invited me over and like I hope you didn't notice at the time, but I had really bad pit stains because believe it or oh, not, dude. I, oh God. I have really bad social anxiety, yet I am the most social person I know. It is the most counterintuitive <laughs> thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Like I love talking to people and I love meeting new people, but it's just that original hurdle that makes me be like, oh God, oh God, oh God. So immediately once we started talking and once I just started like hanging out and you know, getting to know you uh that immediately went away so i highly like these guys aren't something to be like intimidated by or afraid by these are some of the coolest fun people you will ever meet so i wouldn't have all good i wouldn't have anybody on the podcast who i felt like was gonna be rude to their (laughs) friends or nothing like that (laughs) no it's funny you say that because we we shot a music video for uh lazarus and the little uh girl actually in it um she go, they go by H now, they uh, are identifying as um, non-binary, and so mm-hmm. they go by they, them pronouns. Hi, H. Um, I'm sure I'll let your mom know that I'm on a podcast, and they'll let you listen to it. Uh, but it's funny, they were they were in the music video for Lazarus when they were like, I think they were 10 or 11 at the time, and I've literally known them since they were born. But we're like going back and forth between these woods, uh, shooting the vis- video, and we're all just like in the back of the car, and she's like in between Kaylin and Mike, like the two of like buffest like members of our <laughs> band, and she like looks up at both of them and like looks back at like Jack, uh, Mark, and I, and goes, "You guys look scary, but you're all actually teddy bears <laughs> and super nerdy. I like you." And we're just like, <laughs> "That's very accurate. That's very <laughs> accurate." We just got complimented and roasted at the same time by a preteen. Like, and they're, they're such a cool kid, though, honestly. Oh, God. And, like, I know exactly what you're talking about, because Kaylin is super tall, too. And um, I, I believe he's, like, a couple inches taller than me. And for those who don't know me personally, I am 6'1". He's 6'3". So, he's, yeah. He's a big ginger, like, dude. Like, he's, like, <laughs> super buff, but he's, like, the sweetest, nerdiest dude you will ever meet in your entire life like did you need Absolutely. did you read the new high republic by you know for star wars yet it's really good and like we we have lord of the rings discussions in our bands like we have marvel yeah. discussions like sometimes sometimes half of our practices are just like did you watch the new rick and morty how hilarious was that and we'll just go on like a tirade and goof off yeah, all of you guys, from what I've talked to you guys about just interviews in general, are like, yeah, so it's kind of like herding cats with all the guys. And it can get a little frustrating, but, like, it's fun. You know, we just, yeah. we just go on tangents sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I really appreciate that, because that just means you guys click really well. And um, Absolutely. I like what you were saying about um, H. H, correct? Yes, yes. Um, Because... I agreed that, like, at the beginning, when I met all you guys, it wasn't scary in the sense of, like, oh, God, they're going to beat me up. Um, but it was scary in the sense of, like, they're so 
cool and I <laughs> don't feel worthy. But then I was no. like, now I'm like, yeah, these guys are still cool, but they're also nerdy as shit like I am, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, yeah, no, if you ever see, like, any one of us, you know, if you're listening to this and you've never seen us and you go on our socials and you're like, they seem, in we're not intimidating. We, we are literally, <laughs> if you come up and, like, ask me, like, who's your favorite Marvel character, get ready for a tirade on, like, 101 reasons why I think Spider-Man is the best okay, MCU okay, hero, I'm and I will so fight glad people you on said that. <laughs> if you said anybody else, I was getting ready to have a whole nother like episode just dedicated to the fight of who's the best. <laughs> okay, that no, makes it's always happy. fighting. Eddie's best, hands down. I will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, but no, and when I say intimidating, don't. I hope you don't think that I mean like as in any sort of like negative way of intimidating oh, no. yes you guys are cool people you guys are cool it's <laughs> like you guys are in a cool rock band and so especially to people like me who are more like nerdy and again have some form of like social anxiety it's like oh god they're so cool and they're gonna think i'm a dork and i'm gonna trip over my foot and then i'm gonna say something stupid and they're just gonna be like okay <laughs> no i mean all of us in the band we have our own struggles like for me personally i actually suffer from anxiety and I'm bipolar and I'm more on the manic side. And so mm -hmm. I have, you know, months where I'll be really great. And then I, I, I call it my low swing where I'm just like, why do I feel like this? Like I have, I also have body dysmorphia. And so like, mm -hmm. I'll be like, why does my body look like this? Why do I feel like this? I'll get like anxious, I'll get sweaty. I'll be like, what is happening? And then it'll click in my head. I'm like, I'm starting to become depressed. I'm hitting my low swing and I go to, you know, my coping mechanisms, which is talking to my girlfriend, talking to the guys, talking to the people I've set up inside my castle, which Emily also is H's mom. Emily, if you're listening, hi. Emily has been a godsend for the past 13 years. She oh. is has been a rock for me literally through all the struggles I've, I've gone through. And so she's really helped me, um, one, to be comfortable with myself and to create a system that when I do get that low swing, I come back to myself and I center myself. I'm like, it's okay. You know, you look great. You look fine. These things happen. It will pass. You just need to get through this snowstorm you're going through because the depression yeah. that hits me, it's like my clothes are sopping wet. I'm frozen in ice, but I also have, you know, a 10 pound rock wrapped in chain on my back as I'm trying mm -hmm. to go up a 90 degree incline. Yeah, you know, that's what happens to me. I'm just like, this will pass. I just need to get through however long it lasts. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really love how, how forward you are and how brave you are about sharing this kind of thing because a lot of people assume that musicians and people, you know, they're like deep and brooding, but not in the sense of actual human problems. It's more like, you know, I have so much money, but like, oh my bitch, leave <laughs> alone kind of thing. And I really enjoy having discussions about everyday struggles with mental illness in art and in performance just because no matter who you are or what you do, rather it's music, um, drawing, drag, uh, costume design, hairstyling, anything, everybody behind that art has some sort of something going on. It may not be a mental illness per se but everybody has that sort of thing that they are 
using their art to either like help them get through or help them kind of see through it so mm -hmm. i really enjoy the fact that you just kind of came out and said that without me even having to say anything because i always <laughs> try and let other people know that you are not alone in the sense that art is a coping mechanism i feel like it's a coping mechanism for most artists in some way not necessarily like traditionally but it's something that brings joy in an unconventional sense so i really appreciate you saying that because that just made me very happy <laughs> yeah no of course the, the reason i talk about it and i talk about what i've been through is because while we have made great progress in talking about mental health and you know mental health history we still have a lot of stigmatism and we still oh, have absolutely. a very long way to go. I mean, if we're going to get very real on, on this podcast, I am, you know, if you want to put this in yourself, I'm going to brought, you know, disclaimer or trigger warning. I've tried to commit suicide in my life. I've tried to kill myself three mm -hmm. times, actually. Um, this was before I knew the first time I didn't even know I was bipolar. I was just like, why am I so sad all the time? Like, why am I thinking about like death? I was, I believe I was uh, 14 at the time and also actually dealing with a lot of internalized homophobia like but mm -hmm. I didn't realize it at that time until looking back I was like oh that's why I felt like the only way to get away from myself was to you know end my life it's because I was dealing with so many things that weren't being addressed with a therapist and at that point you know I, I went into a therapist I was like okay I worked out a system at that time I was like you know, things are looking up for me. I don't need a therapist anymore. Yeah. Flash forward to a few years later, the cycle repeats itself. <laughs> I try to kill myself again. I'm like, yeah. I'm starting to see a pattern here. And so, you know, I go back to therapy. I guess the lesson didn't stick because I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need therapy. You know, 22 I'm laughing rolls because around. I experience the same thing. Because, you know, 22 rolls around. I'm like, I think, I'm, you know, it's not, you know, in that moment i'm gonna do this it builds up over time to the point where you're like yes. this pain just won't stop like i feel like there's nothing in my chest like i'm not mm -hmm. sure that i still have a heart inside me because at that point i was just numb and i didn't feel anything and so i'm like mm -hmm. i just want this nothingness to end but in there's the oxymoron of wanting to kill yourself because ending nothingness won't make it it will make it stop for you but that pain will and you know carry on to the people in your life who truly do care for you in that moment you're not thinking about those people though you're thinking it's not selfish to say you're thinking about yourself because it's all you've known not yes. reaching out for help mm -hmm. but at that point I was like I gotta reach out for help and so you know been going to a couple trying to find my right therapist because there's nothing wrong with that you know it's not a one-size-fits-all and i want Absolutely. people to understand that you know 100%. if you're intimidated by the thought of a therapist i was too like like oh god what are they gonna think like are they gonna think i'm weird like are they gonna think i'm like crazy like what you know is gonna happen Do i here? have to tell them that i pick my nose too like oh god <laughs> it's exactly it's like do i tell them everything what do i tell them yeah but yeah a therapist is a safe and trusted space and i want people to know whoever's listening if you feel like you need to reach out to a therapist i know there's a lot of local whatever wherever you live there's a lot of great local spaces that mm -hmm. do counseling for free like i found a great counselor that works for me 
and she does it, you know, for free because she works for, you know, the crisis center here in Frederick where I live. And she does a fantastic job helping me when I do get those low swings or just going through life in general. So if you feel like you need to see a therapist or you need medication, there's no shame in that. There's also no shame in struggling with the thought, oh God, like, am I weak in doing this? Because that's what I used to yeah. think. I used to think, oh, like me it's too. weak for me to ask for help. Like absolutely, that makes you absolutely. the strongest person in the room. Yes. That makes you become the person you need to be when you're like, I need help, whether that's you know, a religious figure or a parent or a friend or, you know, a sibling, what have you. Yeah. The moment you reach out to a single person, literally anyone in your life, you'll find that you're not alone. You'll find mm -hmm. that, oh, like, I'm not, you know, weird. I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not normal because there's no such thing as normal. If you're normal, oh, uh, yeah. then like, you know, there's something weird. Like you're always, there's always, you know, <laughs> if you're, you're normal, gonna be a you're weird gonna, kid. You're gonna have some sort. Like you're gonna grow up, and you're gonna be one of those people who likes to be walked on a leash in public or something. Like I don't know. Man. <laughs> like, not that I, there's anything wrong with that. But no, 2021, do do whatever you want, you know. But at the same time, it's like there's there's no shame in asking for help. Is, yes. is what I'm trying to say. So, again, if if you want to reach out to me again my name is holly i'm with ignite the fire i'm holly underscore itf if you feel like you're struggling and have no one to talk to please know you can talk to me because Aww. there's nothing that i haven't been through that i'm sure someone else hasn't been through like i used yes. to self-harm like mm -hmm. i also like had an eating disorder where i would starve myself and i thought if i mm -hmm. got over 115 pounds that i was sick that i was overweight and mm -hmm. so for me, it's, you know, I work out, I eat what I want to eat within reason. I keep a healthy diet. But when I go to Hershey Park with my girlfriend, I'm getting a king size shake and a giant donut and I'm getting and some crabby fries. Yes. And no one's <laughs> stopping me. If anything, my girlfriend en encourages me. It's like, you just went to the gym six days a week. You just ran four miles and walked six miles at work. Like, like there's I think you're no fine. shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. If you feel like you can't talk to anyone, please know you can talk to either myself or literally the four other guys in the band because we've all gone through something and mm -hmm. we just want to be there to help, whether that's through music or talking. Please, if you need to reach out, reach out to anyone who means the world to you or you feel like a stranger that won't judge you, I am that person. Please and I that. am that as well. That is one of those one of those reasons why I wanted to create this podcast is to encourage um, not only artists, but also help healthy coping mechanisms through mm. different forms of art. So the fact that you've kind of incorporated all that really is like the the piece de resistance that made me extremely happy. Because <laughs> I have also, I've struggled with these kinds of things. And if you are ever feeling any sort of suicidal artist, please, please, please talk to somebody. I will include the suicide hotline um, number in the description of this episode. If you are feeling like you are are having mental health issues, please feel free to call them or contact them or contact us and just let us know. But I really enjoy the fact that this is a space where we can all talk about like, yeah, it's not okay to be okay, but we can all come together with this general coping mechanism and love for art or whatever form of artistic expression you do and you can just naturally bond over it i i think that that's very beautiful absolutely i think that's you know why people have such a negative misconception on metal because you know 
instantly they think of bands like Slipknot, like the weird guys and like the masks, like screaming and banging trash cans. But they make some of the most cathartic and beautiful music that you'll ever hear. Like people probably think of, you know, Psychosocial by Slipknot. But when I think of Slipknot, I think of, you know, the song Snuff that, you know, Corey Taylor wrote when he was going through a really hard time and when you yeah. know Paul Gray passed away you know on you know due to his accidental overdose that was a really hard time the metal community got hit and that was one of the few times you know Slipknot was seen without their masks on stage you know yes just openly sobbing and you're seeing these grown men cry on stage which is incredibly beautiful but also incredibly strong and I feel like in that moment, the metal it's... community really came together when when that happened because, you know, they lost a brother, but in a lot of sense, we also lost a brother because these musicians, Absolutely. even though they wore a mask, they let themselves be open and vulnerable through their music and made mm -hmm. a way for it to be a gateway for kids who felt like they didn't belong anywhere, belonged with the guys in Slipknot, you know? Yeah, and I find it I find it funny that you said that you know, these grown men are crying on stage, yet, again, when people think Slipknot, they don't... Most people who are not involved in metal don't see the emotions or the part of metal that breaks so many general social taboos. Like, men crying, that is still a huge social taboo that we are all getting over. Absolutely. And the fact that these men can scream and bang on things and be loud and have fun but also be so emotionally raw and vulnerable in front of their audience is something that I feel is often overlooked for musicians, for artists, and for bands in general is that, you know, most artists do show their full range of emotions. It's just a matter of doing your research, being educated on it, and also caring and seeing that there's more than just one side to whatever front that musician or that artist is putting on. Absolutely. And, you know, it also extends from within the metal community to every genre of, of music, like, you know, within the free Britney movement, like Britney Spears mm -hmm. for so many years was a punching bag because of what media had done to her. And mm -hmm. if you saw the free Britney documentary on Hulu, you really see how they took, you know, this young woman who wasn't even privileged, just had this amazing voice and just loved singing and performing and making people happy. Go from that to being what she equated to being a sex worker, you know, working yeah. six days a week, not even in control of her own body, not even in control of her own life. Meanwhile, everyone's like, haha, she shaved her head. Like, she had a complete mental breakdown because of what the system was engineered to do in order mm -hmm. to get her to do that. And listening to her, her music, it's like she was so talented and so gifted, and she still is. But imagine all the more music we would have gotten if, you know, this hadn't happened to her. And it's, you know, yes. cases like Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell as well dying of suicide. Everyone's like, oh it's so sad like why didn't we see it coming it's like we did see it coming we just didn't think it would happen this soon and we also, didn't think we'd be losing them this soon and also people taking advantage of a good thing and people just in general who are maybe not as experienced with mental illness you know 
taking it as at face value and taking it like as a way to be like, oh, well, at least I'm not doing that shit. And it's like, what? The reason you're not doing that is because you have a privilege that you just haven't checked it. Exactly. No, it's like, I wouldn't do stuff like that. So it's, well, no, because you're not being followed 24-7. You're not being mm -hmm. hounded. You're not being asked personal questions that you shouldn't even be asking. You shouldn't be breaking this person down to a point where they feel like they can't even live anymore. You know, it's getting them down to a point where it's like, well, if you think this of me, that I might as well, you know, just not even be here anymore. You know, I yeah. might as well just just go away. And I think society has to understand that with power comes responsibility. Because you know, people are like, oh, like we made you famous. Like you wouldn't be anything if we didn't support you. It's like, then why are you still supporting me if that's your mentality? It's exactly. like, do you do you truly enjoy the art I'm putting out? Not only for myself because it's a form of therapy for them. But do you truly get enjoyment out of it? Or are you just doing it so you can be on the bandwagon when I do fall off? Because we put mm -hmm. these people on these pedestals, not realizing they're human too. And when they do fall off, it's like, someone like fell off the wagon again. Like someone's drinking. It's like, because we probably pushed them to that point. We probably really? created a psychosis in them that when they don't get back on that pedestal right away, it's like, I'm not gonna support you. I am gonna make fun of you, but I'm gonna like not support you You're gonna become you my next meme, but like that's about exactly. it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So instead of treating people with the kindness and respect we treat a random person on the street, we realize, oh, I'm in the wrong here. Like mm -hmm. I need to check myself because they may have, you know, money and a family and you know everything they could ever want. But the moment you start to tear someone down, nothing matters in, the, in that moment. And that's mm -hmm. the point where they're like, I have all these things, but why do I still feel empty? Yeah. You know? So that's it. And on that note, we are out of time. I want to thank you so, so much for joining me today. And if you guys liked Holly, if you guys are interested in Ignite the Fire, please go check out all of their social medias. Um, I will link them all into the, the description. If I could talk correctly, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'll link them all in the description and I will link all my socials. Be sure to message me and let me know if you like this episode. I will be following up with more of the band members of Ignite the Fire and there will be more episodes to come. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you guys for being patient during this hiatus. Like I've said, I have been changing salons and being very busy but in the best way possible so more regular okay. episodes to come but other than that thank you so much holly for joining me do you have any final words final things you'd want to say yeah no thank you so much for having me ever since we like put this in like the calendar i'm like it's gonna happen like i'm so excited to do this and now that we finally did it, i was like i wish we had more time because i genuinely enjoyed doing this with you marshall this was incredible and like she said, I'm Holly. I am part of Ignite the Fire. Please check us out. She's going to tag all of our socials. We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, wherever you can stream your music services. We each have our own individual handles on Instagram. So if you want to talk to us, please do. If you want to come to a show, check out our website. We love making new fans. We love making new friends. You are not alone. If anything else... Please know that life is worth living. 
and that it gets better over time. Believe me, I am living proof that life gets better. Just reach out if you need to and take it one day at a time. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you guys want to hear more of Holly, just let me know, message me or comment on one of my recent posts. And I would be more than happy to do a part two to this episode. But other than that, thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Doodle on.